and welcome to the Why I Knit podcast. My name is Dr. Mia Hobbs and I'm a clinical psychologist who's passionate about knitting and its benefits for our mental health. Each episode, I interview a knitter to ask them why they knit and how it's benefited their mental well-being. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Atia Asmi. Atia is a knitter and sewer and Instagrammer, and she shares her colourful makes and beautiful interiors on Instagram at The Bright Blooms. She's also one of the hosts of the Uncut podcast, a podcast for makers. There are links to Atia's Instagram account and the Uncut podcast and all of the patterns that she talks about in the show notes. Hi Atia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me today. Thanks so much for talking to me. Um, I wondered if we could start just by you telling me where your story of knitting began. So I was always quite interested in learning, but there wasn't anybody who was willing or able to teach me. My my mum did knit at some point in the 80s, I guess. There used to be some half-finished sort of mohair fluffy jumpers around, but um, she was always quite busy and she wasn't doing it at the time, so I didn't get a chance to learn. And then when I was at university, just before my final exams um, at university, I decided that would be a great time to learn to knit and procrastinate. So um, that was like when YouTube was first becoming available. So there was, were tutorials available on there and there's a couple of other websites that I used to learn as well. So it was essentially self-taught using videos and, and things um, online. And uh, there wasn't that much of a so an online social media community at, at that time, but there were blogs available. Uh, so I think I just used to find people through that and learn a bit. So people like Isolde, were some of the like some of the knitting companies that were around earlier on and then obviously Ravelry came along after that as well um and that became quite a big sort of knitting community okay so you took I'm really interested in the procrastination element because I also learned in the well I relearned I learned as a kid and then relearned when I was started my doctorate in clinical psychology and I found it quite helpful having something with a an end like you could do a row of knitting have a 10 minute break from revision I don't know how you found it whether it was helpful procrastination I think it wasn't uh wasn't necessarily helpful in that I'd spent a lot more time on the knitting than I probably should have done but um I mean at that stage it was kind of I think I was always really interested in sort of the color colors and textures I don't know if you know you know Noro yarn yeah um which has like all the different sort of variegated colors so I just really wanted to try new things like that so um so I think I just got really absorbed in doing that uh and I would just remember that my tension was really tight so okay. it was really you know like when you the tension's really tight and your hands just get really painful from yeah. trying to, so that's just my main memory that I have of that time but I don't really remember um a lot about you know how it affected my revision essentially mm. so um so I think it was just it was just a case of it was you know something to take your mind off uh, other things and you know just a bit of an escape really yeah yeah I felt like that was really important for me when I was uh training to have that something completely different and not related to psychology um, yeah I also sorry I, I just didn't say that I find it really useful when I was um doing hospital shift work as well because uh, at that stage I don't know if it's the same now for junior doctors but there used to be a bit of downtime where nothing much was happening on a long shift so it was always really helpful to just have the knitting there and you know I might not get to do very much of it but it was available particularly on a, on a long night shift it would sometimes mm. be quite good to, yeah. to know you made some progress on something so yeah um, I think uh, I also remember 
some I, so, someone once said that um when you're like a new mother as well and you've got something to show for your for your day which is you know material that can be kind of quite helpful psychologically as well because otherwise you're just doing chores you're doing chores you're feeding you're doing other yeah. things but not really at the end of the day it feels like you've not really achieved anything whereas so you've got to you've, do them all again tomorrow <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. there's nothing material that's come out of your day um so that also was a stage when I found it really helpful as well yeah that's a good point um I just wondered about um what you were making at the beginning so at the beginning I remember making things like scarves um what else did I make? I, I remember I, I used to use Nitty, which was the sort of free online magazine quite a lot. So I made a few patterns from that and Rowan magazine as well. So I made some like chunky mittens. Um, what else did I make at that stage? Um, those are the, I think initially I'd just start with those sort of small projects. And then the first big thing I made was on a trip to South Africa. Mm-hmm. And my husband always complains that I spent the whole time on that trip when it was like a road trip. Um, just like looking at my knitting <laughs> looking at, and he's like oh look there's something like really interesting gone past and I'd be like where so but, you missed um, all the wildlife <laughs> I missed it all and I remember it was a really long flight so it was you know it was good to you know have that time and at that time I think now people are a bit more worried about taking knitting on flights because yeah. in case they take your needles off you but at that time it was fine and um, the, the other thing about that was that at that time all my uh, pearls were crossed so when I actually came back with my knitting, all of the bit that was not circular, whereas knitting and then purling a row, yeah. uh, all the stitches were crossed on the purl rows. Oh. So it, it wasn't actually particularly good knitting at the end of the day. <laughs> so it's a bit of a waste. But um, I, I remember that I just really enjoyed also discovering the South African knitting shops and things as well because they have okay. quite an interesting, they use a lot of bamboo and different things as well. Um, so that was quite bamboo good. Bamboo well. yarn? Or needles? Yeah, bamboo yarn. Well, I don't remember the needles, but uh, I picked up some bamboo yarn when I was out there as well. Oh, cool. And I know that you're obviously known for sewing as well. I wondered where knitting and sewing, like which started first, whether they're related to each other or completely separate. Yeah, I would say I'd kind of thought of it quite separately. Um, There's with the knitting, I feel like it's more of a kind of relaxing hobby that you can Mm. do. Uh, you could take it with you to places you can sit on the sofa and do it so I tend to do that when I'm like in the evenings or when I need to wind down a bit Uh, whereas the sewing feels a lot more active like you've got to cut things out you've got to get down on the floor and pin things and all of that so um and also you can only really while you're sewing you can only really sew I mean you might be able to listen to a podcast or something but you can't really do much else um or you have to be in a specific place so I kind of see them as a slightly separate but um you know I kind of try and use them in a complementary way so that if I'm making something I think what can I what have I knit that will go with this thing or Mm -hmm. you know when I'm knitting again just looking at the colors in my wardrobe and seeing what will match with with things so they complement each other in that way Mm. sure thank you um why do you, so you mentioned kind of knitting's more calming. Why do you think you've kind of carried on with it? Now you don't need it for presumably for procrastination purposes. <laughs> what do you think makes you pick it up and keep doing it? Well, I just really enjoy using different textures and working with colours. So mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes with knitting, if you're knitting something very small, you can use colours in a quite a bold way, in a way that you wouldn't necessarily with a really big project like 
a dress or something like or for, yeah. for example something like socks no one's really gonna necessarily see them mm-hmm. um but you can wear something like really bright or um just clash colors or that sort of thing yeah. uh, one of the projects that I made last year during the lockdown was the penguino jacket um from Stephen, Stephen West, West. yeah and uh, it was something that I'd, I'd actually cast it on quite a long time before and just done like about you know a few inches of the mm. of the sort of the back but um that was just such a great and a great way to play with lots of colors from my stash um just use up lots of bits and bobs and just really enjoy the, putting different stripes together or do, having different colored welts next to each other and that sort of thing so yeah. um now I, I enjoy it more as a creative thing um just like I said with with different textures and colors and just you know enjoying the process more mm. um so you, would you say you're more of a process person than for the end than a project knitter um, like for the end uh, result or is it a yeah, bit I, balance of both I would say it's a it, it's more a product thing it's always been more of a product thing for me in terms of I really want to make and wear the finished product mm-hmm. but I, I was finding that I would get a bit frustrated because I'm quite slow uh, just because I don't have loads of time to knit so uh, so then I've tried to choose things where I enjoy the process a bit more as well mm-hmm. um I do enjoy the process to some extent but I'm not a fast knitter so just you know it it takes me uh, quite a long time to to get anywhere with things so I've just got to enjoy the process a bit more yeah. otherwise it, I don't really get anywhere and and then you get a bit frustrated um I used to kind of make lots of I still do sometimes but make lists of the next thing I'm going to make and make lists of projects and things um but because it takes so long there's there's almost no point in just Mm. making a long list and then never managing to get through it it's it's better to just enjoy the thing that you're making while you're doing it and I find that knitting in that way is much more of a slow craft than sewing because with sewing at the most it might take me a week or two to finish something whereas knitting it may be you know several months um or I'll leave something for a while come back to it so it might be over a year but before something's actually finished so it's just to you know I do have to slow myself down to to be able to enjoy it more Mm. and would you ever look at something and see how it's made or what it looks like and think no I wouldn't make that because of the process yeah I mean there's a lot of things nowadays where I mean things with I suppose garments with smaller than four millimeter needles I would most likely not not decide to make because I know that I'll just end up just it'll just be so slow that I'll just feel like I'll never get there um um, the last couple of things I made were on 10 millimeter needles, which is a holiday slip over by Petit Knit, oh, yeah. which is which is a really quick project. And I've really enjoyed making that. Um, so I would say my comfort zone is probably five to eight millimeters. Oh, that's um, interesting. So you, you get somewhere fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, but like so other projects, like obviously mittens and things like that, which you, you don't really want really thick, um, then those are ones I'll use smaller needles for. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So you are much more about the project, the end result and getting that kind of fix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's With a few things. Yeah, do you know the poet sweater? Have you seen that one? It's by Sari, I've forgotten the, the surname. But um, it's just a really beautiful lace uh, sweater in, in fingering weight yarn or four ply yarn. Um, and I really want to make that one, even though I know it will take me absolutely forever. <laughs> so yeah, there's a couple of things where I'll have to get through it to get the result that okay. I want. Um, yeah. 
you know if it's worth doing it but yeah there's there's a few projects that I would choose which are that fine in weight just okay and would the lace also make you think twice about it because obviously lace would be slower than stockinette for example yeah I've I actually quite enjoy knitting lace so Mm. I've made quite a few lace projects I made the dragonflies um sweater which is by and uh that one it was it was quite slow but the result is just so nice and the back is it's just plain uh, stock and stitch as well so it, it it was it went faster than I expected and that okay. was DK weight yarn so it wasn't too um too thin either um and that, that's one I actually really enjoy wearing as well mm. okay that's interesting because I find I like doing complicated patterns because I feel like it keeps my brain I need that level of brain engagement I think mm. in the process to feel relaxation I think if I'm knitting just docking it it's too easy almost and my brain is still uh-huh. can still think about what I'm cooking for yeah, dinner or work or <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah it varies so like if I'm watching something um then or like I'm um, say I don't know I'm sitting with family or something then I quite yeah. like something which is just really straightforward I don't yeah. need to think think about at all and your, your fingers are just kind of working almost on memory yeah um muscle memory but um there yeah I, I do enjoy those projects sometimes where it's you know you you're forming a pattern and you're like having to think about that but um yeah so I kind of go with like a couple of of those quicker projects and then a slower project that I can pick up now and then so at the moment I'm also doing a brioche knit scarf as well like a shawl and I do find that I mean it's actually quite I don't know do you know brioche do you do brioche I've never it's it's probably one of my very few un touched knitting techniques so it's on my list you know my radar but I haven't mentioned there yet yeah so I I didn't start I didn't try brioche at all until again in in lockdown um whereas like this is one of something that I don't know and let's give it a try so I made the plumpy shawl by Andrea Murray which is a two-color brioche um because I saw the kit on Instagram and I just really liked the colors in it it was a hedgehog fibers kit so I just went for that one and um I really really enjoyed the process it's not as difficult as it seems um when you when you first learn it so at first mm-hmm. it's a bit of a learning curve but then once you've picked up the the skill then it does get much more easy um so it's just one of those projects I find it with crochet as well where it takes me a, a little bit of time to get back into it because I've slightly forgotten the technique but then once yeah. you once you start again then it's really quite straightforward mm. yeah okay thank you um I wondered I suppose part of this podcast is about hearing from knitters about the impact of knitting on their kind of mental well-being and whether there's anything kind of in that sense that you get from knitting. Yeah, I think the main thing I get from it is that there's never a time when you just feel bored or like you have nothing to do and you don't have I don't know I suppose like that, that kind of loneliness um that people get I mean I'm I always think back to when I'm, my children were young because that's kind of I suppose the time in your life when you're really on your own quite a lot um yeah. or you don't have time for sort of yourself as much mm. and I think because I always had the knitting at that stage I always felt like I had something to do and I had that kind of community tea as well um so you're still having that kind of interaction with people mm-hmm. and um also you know just something that you can pick up and put down easily yeah. uh, it's kind of in a way yeah kind of like an occupational therapy I guess in a way yeah. that you've always just got something that you on hand that you can do um yeah other, I've, I mean other than that I haven't I wouldn't say that there's been a time in my life where it's been really I don't know really difficult where I've needed 
that kind of as a coping strategy mm. but on a sort of a lower level it's, it's always been really helpful to have in the background it sounds like you used it a little bit in lockdown I don't know whether you did that deliberately but like learning a new technique or something like whether that was a deliberate thing to think yeah this is what I'm doing in lockdown <laughs> I'm getting brioche out of it yeah yeah I mean I I didn't necessarily think of it in that way I mean it's it, it was a I mean, I had more time and yeah. you, can, you you need that headspace to learn something new. So yeah. it was really useful to have it at that time. And um, it is nice to look back and see that, you know, like particularly that Penguino project that I mentioned, mm. uh, just have a like a concrete, it's like a souvenir of lockdown yeah. in a way, because it, it was just that a whole winter when I just spent with that project. Um, and sometimes it's good to have, a, I, I kind of deliberately choose a project to take away with me somewhere sometimes because mm. you kind of like we were just away for a few days and I spent all the time on one project and then you, it kind of reminds you of that yeah. in a way afterwards so that's an, a nice way of um of using the knitting as well yeah I do the same I was knitting um a strange brew by Tin Can Knits do you know that mm-hmm. um yeah oh actually no I think it's called a cartography um oh, that I like particular that one yeah I know that for one. my yeah. husband so a large sweater and then I finished it in lockdown and then realized that some of the motifs looked a little bit like the coronavirus <laughs> and I thought, oh. Oh, no, this really is a, a COVID sweater yeah. in a way I hadn't quite meant for it to be <laughs> yeah but it is quite I like having something that feels like oh yeah that was the jumper I made on a certain holiday or something yeah and how about sewing I'm interested in whether that is different in terms of how it fits in your life or what the craft gives you because I think like you said it's not quite as maybe a relaxing take everywhere type Mm. craft yeah so I I tend to say when um when I've got some time like if I've got a weekend like a day free in the weekend or something Mm. and that's the time when I really enjoy it when I've got a whole day I would just do a bit of the cooking and a bit of the washing and those bits and bobs that you need Mm -hmm. to do and then I'm you know going back to the sewing in between so um I don't know I have I don't know how to describe that really but it's 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 just in a way you've, you've got to have the time to do it yeah. um a different way to knitting where you can just pick up and put it down um and then and then it's just I think because you make something much more quickly with the sewing then you can have a sort of very quick end point in sight so you can be like today I'm going to finish this skirt or mm-hmm. something like that um whereas with the knitting it's would be rare for me to be able to to have a very set goal point yeah okay that's interesting so it's a bit more about like I don't know giving yourself like that time to immerse yourself in the sewing yeah I mean I tend to sew a bit on weekdays as well uh like for example yesterday evening I just cut out my pattern ready Mm -hmm. to sew so probably this evening I'll be able to 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 sew that um but I enjoy it much more when I've got that sort of good amount of time to to spend on it and mm. there's no kind of I, like if I'm sewing on a weekday I kind of have to make myself go and do the the cutting okay. even though I, I you know I'll enjoy it and once I'm doing it but it's a bit more like you've got to take that time out of your day to to do something yeah um yeah and uh, whereas like if you've if you know you're kind of fitting it in in between lots of things on a longer period of time then it's just more relaxing mm. I have to say that I think that's why I knit much more than I sew because it's just mm-hmm. like because of the portability and that you, you can do it in five minutes whereas sewing is just to get everything out <laughs> takes longer yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky that I actually have everything out already okay. um, on a sort of set, a sort of dedicated table. So it's a bit easier in that way. I think I'd find it much more difficult if I had to, you know, organize myself every time to yeah. get everything out. Um, so, yeah. So having that space set aside, is, it makes it much easier. Mm. I think for me, the cutting, I feel the slight kind of, I don't love that bit. No, I don't enjoy cutting. It's a necessary evil of, yeah. of sewing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't have a, a dedicated space for cutting. So that has to, that just goes on the floor at the moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, maybe one day I'll get a, enough space for a cutting table. Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm interested also in, like, the end product, because it sounds like you are very interested in getting to the project and whether there's an impact on your kind of, I don't know, mood or happiness about wearing or giving or uh, the the finished articles, whether it's knitted or sewn. Yeah, I always feel really, um, you know, it's always the kind of the high point of the project when you finally get to wear the project that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, with knitting, I tend, I haven't really given people a lot of knitting recently. Um I mean, I, I I think I wasn't knitting that much for a while. And then I was just doing these kind of like longer term projects that are for myself. I think I haven't really made a bigger project for like a jumper for anyone else for a long time since my children were quite small. Mm. Um, but like when I've given people small gifts, like a bonnet for a baby or those sorts of things, then yeah. they always get a lot of pleasure out of that as well. So it's it's really nice to to be able to do that occasionally. Uh, so I do have that in mind for over the next few months as well, just to make a few gifts as well. Just mm-hmm. I think a, a small amount of knitting is appreciated in, in my in my view is appreciated as much as a big project. So I don't know if you find that. So if you make someone a hat or like booties or something small, yeah. you, you even if you spent the same amount of time making a really big fancies sort or of blanket or something, they, yeah. they probably appreciate the small gift as much as the big one. I think I never quite know with knitted gifts like I made a um a scout shawl I don't know if you know that by Florence Sperling so it's it looks like a patchwork oh the new one is it the new one it's like, quite I, I've new just come um, and it looks like kind of patchwork as in sewn patterns on different squares but it's in kind of a shawl but it involves doing colour work on both sides it's knitted flat um mm-hmm. so I'd never done colour work on a pearl row before personally mm-hmm. And um, I saw the pattern. I thought, wow, it's amazing. I want to, to make that because I quite I am attracted to more and more complicated patterns, I think, because mm-hmm. I think my brain needs that in order to kind of absorb in the process and switch mm-hmm. off from other stresses. And I knitted it for a friend's 40th and I was she's not a knitter. Um, and I always then kind of think, is it a random gift (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. a July birthday um, and I feel like I'm knitting lots of love in it and thinking about her when I'm knitting it (laughs) but I'm never quite sure whether that feels the same as the recipient or whether it feels like yeah I think (laughs) yeah I think I learned my lesson um giving something very complicated to somebody because I made a a lace shawl um in a cashmere silk yarn which is Mm -hmm. like a, a lace weight yarn um and I gave it to my sister and I never saw it again never saw her wear it again <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think it's highly likely that it's just like stuffed in a cupboard somewhere or gone to the charity shop or something and like you know I, w- I would have liked to have seen that shawl again <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so now I kind of think unless I really think I'm not going to use it or as in like 
I don't know, like if if I know someone's really going to appreciate something, then then I'll give it to them. Yeah. Um, like, like there's a few friends that I know that they would absolutely love a, a, a knitted hat for their babies or, or that sort of thing. I had a yeah. friend who used one for I think two years, same one for her her daughter. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I made it a big size or not, but it was like <laughs> crammed on her head till yeah. she was two or something. So like those are the sorts of people that you feel they will really appreciate the gift. Yeah. But um, yeah, so. I guess it's just a learning thing I mean, a lot of sewers say this as well that they they don't really make things for other people as yeah. well just because I mean I feel know. like I got I wanted to make it for the process if you see what yeah. I mean and my friend really seemed to appreciate it but you never quite know whether she yeah. thinks, what am I gonna do with it yeah <laughs> there's always that thing of like um yeah I mean whether it's gonna be a long-term you know something that they're gonna appreciate or enjoy as well um, but it's difficult to know, isn't it? And I think when people ask you for something and you make it for them, then that's always the best way that yeah. you know that they definitely do want it. Yeah. I had a friend recently who wanted me to recreate a knitted hat so her for her son who'd grown because <laughs> he was a baby and had a hat that he loved. And then now he's two and didn't fit the hat anymore. And she had the yarn and it was, mm. I think, it, like a chunky weight yarn. So it literally took an evening <laughs> or maybe yeah. two to do the pom-pom as well mm-hmm. um but yeah that was very appreciated <laughs> yeah I think it's now getting to the point after sort of nearly 50 or 15 years plus that I'm you know I don't need another shawl or I don't need yeah. you know whatever it is and then and then you think that either you can make it and give it to somebody who will appreciate it or mm. I don't know I think it's quite difficult to give away or or you know throw away things that you've made and mm. that you've put a lot of time and effort in so now I in, in that in a way that slows me down as well knowing that I actually don't need it so yeah <laughs> like, I need to think about what I'm going to do with this thing once I've made it yeah. so um but I don't think I'll stop knitting in a way for the process as well I, I think I do find that quite enjoyable so um even if even if I slow down my sewing and my knitting and make something like I said a bit more complicated or something that's going to take a bit longer than that can be a good way of just not adding to your you know knitted products and still enjoying the process I made a lace dress once it was actually a pattern was for a top and I just carried on and felt like if I was on the tube and the tube got stuck for an hour I was never going to run out of knitting it was easy to carry the yarn because it was lace (laughs) so you had Mm. so much yarn on one tiny ball yeah and it was did feel quite comforting apart from when the needle broke off from the cable on the circular oh needle yeah, on the I've, tube. I've had that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't ideal. Yeah. Um, I wondered about your um thoughts as a GP, mm-hmm. um, about whether you ever feel like I know that there's this idea about social prescribing and the idea of being able to prescribe, I don't know, a knitting group to somebody, whether that ever you see people and you think, mm, I wish that was an option. I don't know if it is an option, but whether you ever feel like people could benefit from some kind of making maybe not knitting maybe something else yeah I definitely think it it can be really helpful for people's mental health um I can't say that we've ever I mean I've not come across a knitting therapeutic group locally Mm. um but I would definitely recommend you know to to some people um if that was something that that was available uh I know that there used to be this I mean there are obviously knitting groups running um I used to run one myself uh, about 10 years ago I think now mm-hmm. um and it was really just that regular interaction with people is I think the most helpful thing just mm. having that even if you're not necessarily 
the best knitter or like it's just more about that interaction with people and just slowly making progress on something Mm -hmm. and that's mostly if I see somebody who's suffering from anxiety or depression um I think the main thing that that you kind of want them to do is just make really small steps to to improve their mental health and because everything like a really big thing can be just so overwhelming yeah. that um you just want them to just make it do something small for themselves to, sh- to so that they can feel they make progress yeah. and knitting can be really good in that way because you can physically see your mm. progress once you've done something um so yeah I'd, I'd definitely recommend that if it was available mm. I have found that quite helpful just to you know for some of the people I work with the idea of being able to see progress on something even if it was just a few stitches or one row in a day mm-hmm. and also being quite a good um for a distraction like if you're trying to I don't know stop ruminating about something to be able yeah. to then do you know knit for 10 minutes or crochet mm-hmm. for 10 minutes yeah um could you tell me about a significant knitting project for you? Uh, let me think. Uh, if I go back a long way, um, a project, I don't actually have this anymore, but I made the Nitty Forecast uh, cardigan. I don't okay. know if you, you know, that one. It was, know that one. It was, it was a quite an ambitious project for me at the time. It was like bubbles and um, I think it was like bubbles, ribbing and lots of kind of joining here and there. And it's got a collar and all sorts of things going on. Okay. So um yeah I kind of sometimes think oh I should have kept that jumper I think I gave it to my sister a different sister okay (laughs) I have three sisters (laughs) my other sister is also a knitter and um she really appreciated it and I think she wore it quite a lot so um yeah that was one where I just learned lots of different skills with it and it was um I think I just really enjoyed that satisfaction of just learning lots of new things and having something Mm. to to show for at the end um yeah so that's probably one I'd considered to be quite a significant one yeah I think that might be one of the reasons I haven't tackled brioche yet because I feel like I need to feel like there is uncharted territory in the knitting world <laughs> I can mm-hmm. still learn new I remember the first time I turned a heel on a pair of socks I, I think mm-hmm. I stayed up until one o'clock in the morning because I was literally following the pattern and didn't know what was going to happen next which was quite exciting yeah <laughs> yeah it's quite a magical process I just recently finished a pair of socks that I started I think five years before oh wow um so I like finished one completely and then the second one it was it was a really quite complicated cable pattern on mm-hmm. 2.5 whatever millimeter needles and it's just like I couldn't face going back there again mm. <laughs> especially when I didn't know which row of the cable I was on so oh, okay. um but then I just I think someone was someone was running a kind of like a finish it finish it off October kind of challenge. Okay. So like, okay, I just need to do this, and then I've just picked them up again, and it I think it only took me a week and a half or something to, to oh, really? finish it. Um, but yeah, that's because I don't know if you find this, but when I'm not finished something, I don't want to start the same type of project again until I've finished that one. So yeah. um, like for example, like like the socks I just didn't start another pair of socks until I wanted those ones done and then um lace projects and things like that I I tend to just want to finish that one off before I start another one so and with quilts as well I had a quilt that was not finished for about three four years as well Mm. just just needed binding there's nothing else that needed doing from that (laughs) um so so I just like have that bit of a mental block because I know that otherwise I end up with like 20 piled up things that are not finished and I just think that will just never it'll just become too overwhelming so yeah so it's good to get those socks done and uh I think now I can move on to I, I plan to make my husband a pair of socks with the 
um can't remember the name of the yarn company but she does a tfl london um overground stripes oh, sock cool. yarn. <laughs> so i had that i've had that for years and years and years and i was like maybe this will be the time i'll actually finally get to make those yeah and are they sock weight they're not thick yeah yeah so they're not your... but it's just a stocking stitch so yeah it'll be a bit quicker than a cable pattern hopefully yeah i quite like having socks or a hat on the go without as long as it's not complicated because that is quite good for in a zoom training or on a bus yeah. or that kind of in the background project okay um I always ask about a knitting high and a knitting low <laughs> I don't know if you could think of any uh, particular highs or lows oh let me think uh knitting high um yeah I mean I think probably finishing um a lace weight project is always a, a bit of a knitting mm-hmm. high uh let me think I haven't made a lace project in quite a long time so probably that same shawl that I mentioned earlier um I I shared that on my Instagram recently because I I took some photos of it at the time and it was it was um yeah it was it was such a beautiful pattern so I was really what was that remind me which pattern that was um it was I've forgotten everything now I think it's it was it's on Ravelry so I can have a check um and let you know I can send you the link to that um but yeah so that's probably one um knitting lows generally when you just have to unravel a whole project (laughs) that hasn't gone well um does that get any easier do you think no not really I mean the with the 10 millimeter needle project that just did Mm. the holiday slip over I did have to um I think I was on holiday and I hadn't got a a rule I just had my little knitting gauge ruler I hadn't got a proper uh, measuring tape or anything so I'd knit it a few centimeters shorter than I wanted it so I had to unravel all of my ribbing okay. it was about it was five five inches of ribbing on ah, the back and the three or something on the front so that was a, a bit annoying to, to have to yeah. unravel that all but it, because it was 10 minutes it was fine it wasn't too bad yeah um yeah so yeah that's probably I haven't had any terrible disasters that I can think of I've had uh, my children cutting up balls of yarn now and then <laughs> but uh, I, don't, I don't remember them doing it with anything very precious so okay got away with that so you've got rules about the knitting stash and children yeah and yeah so we we have a cat now so she does like she's not too bad with the yarn but okay um when I was knitting with shelter the Brooklyn tweed oh, yarn yeah. recently and it's quite soft it'll just uh you can easily just break it with your fingers oh, just by it. okay so um there were a lot of ends to weave in and that jumper because <laughs> she just kept like finding the end and just um, you know clawing at it or biting it so um yeah. Um, yeah um my last question was about the greatest gift knitting has given you for the rest of your life so anything you've kind of feel like you've any way that you feel like you've benefited from knitting that spills over into life in general um well uh, the first thing that came to mind was just having my stash which is quite extensive (laughs) yeah um and that will definitely be a gift that keeps giving for many years from now um are you still adding to it well I'm trying not to I did just get the uh, yarn for the second holiday slip over because I really like the um it's camaro snefnug yarn um and it's just it's I mean, I mostly buy hand-dyed yarn, or used to when I was adding to my stash quite a lot in the (laughs) past. Um, But this one is just one of my favourite sort of more commercially dyed yarns. Um, It's just really soft and it doesn't pill or get ruined, you know, even two years later after knitting my first jumper in that, it still looks perfect. Mm. So um, that's probably um, 
you know one of the best ones I've used but yeah. apart from that I'm going to try not to really add to my stash too much uh, anymore um, particularly as I feel the cost of yarn is a lot more than it, it, it used to be um, yeah it's not cheap yeah, yeah yeah so uh I think the yarn that I already have will stand me in good stead for quite a long time yeah um but in general just uh being part of the wider sort of knitting and crafting community has probably been the best thing that has come out of it for me um so I'd I mean I would say mostly yeah I would say knitting has been a big big part of that for me as well um particularly a few years ago and there was lots of com- conversations happening about diversity mm. and um I think there's a bit of an awakening in the same knitting community initially is where it started. So that I found really valuable and um, it's created lots of opportunities and friendships for me, which I wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's been the most valuable thing for me. And just having a hobby that's for life, really, that you know that you'll um, be doing as long as you can really someone yeah. was telling me recently that she can't knit anymore because of arthritis and I was like oh my gosh that's like my worst nightmare <laughs> so I need yeah. To yeah. try and uh, try, try and prevent that uh, as far as possible yeah um I just want didn't want to let you go without asking about specifically about color and because I associate you and your Instagram with all these beautiful bright colors and um wondered how much of a part of that is about the appeal and whether that feels like I don't know part of your drive for knitting is to get to play with the colors or to have like almost like wearable art I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah I tend not to go for um complicated patterns yeah as much as something in the a color that I want or like a color combination so like stripes or whatever it is so um I think color is a big drive in 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 my knitting at the moment um like for example I like you know I might be like I just really want a yellow jumper or something yeah. so it's it's not necessarily that it matters what the pattern is or like it might be just really basic but it's the color and introducing that and having that in my wardrobe mm-hmm. and with knitting I feel like when you're when you've got your knitting you're with it for a long time so if you've got lots of color in there particularly over the winter months it can be really therapeutic in that way you've got a kind of color therapy just right yeah. there in front of you um so that's one of the main things that I enjoy about my knitting at the moment um so it's it is a lot about color for me and mm. just and also sometimes it's a bit of a challenge so like for example I've got um a yarn in a kind of dark maroon red and it's not necessarily a color I'd normally use but mm-hmm. then I can think about how would I pair that with other things and and make that work with my wardrobes I really enjoy just being creative with the color Mm -hmm. combinations for that as well okay yeah that's really interesting well Atia thank you so much for talking to me um I'm sure there'll be people who want to follow you on Instagram to hear your podcast can you just um remind me how they can connect with you yeah of course it's uh so my instagram is the bright blooms Mm -hmm. and i also have a website which will be more frequently updated (laughs) the brightblooms.com and um our podcast which is kind of more general making and sewing podcast is called uncut Mm -hmm. um and you can find that at uncut podcast underscore on instagram okay super thank you so much for talking to me thank you thanks for having me Thank you for listening to the Why I Knit podcast. If you'd like to find out more about therapeutic knitting, you can follow me on Instagram at Knitting is Therapeutic or check out my website, therapeuticknitting.org. To be notified when a new podcast is released, please subscribe on your podcast app. 
If you or anyone you know would make a great guest for the podcast, then please get in touch. <laughs>